Hey guys, welcome to the Open Sites Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Rowe. I'm a film writer, film producer. I am a student, a social media consultant for Instagram. I create and for jewelry and decor on Etsy. I am a podcaster and I'm an avid outdoors woman. Today I'm here to teach you how to get into the outdoors or at least tell you a little bit about it. All right, so today on the show, I'm going to talk about new hunters. I had a poll on Instagram about if all my Instagram followers wanted to hear about new hunters or overpopulation and new hunters won. So I'm going to talk about new hunters. I'm actually going to separate this into two or three parts, I think. So the first part is going to be you as the new hunter. I will have the next episode be you as the mentor of the new hunter. And then I might actually squeeze in another part. I just don't want this to be a huge long podcast. As a new hunter, as a young new hunter even, I've found that one of the hardest things for me is to be able to afford hunting gear. My first time turkey hunting, we went out and my dad just had clothes for himself and he had hand-me-downs and whatever he had left of hunting as a young adult. He had no hunting clothes for us to wear other than his oversized shirts and overalls. I was 14, thinking back, I wore uh, like fluffy socks from Walmart. I had, I think, three pairs of those on. I was wearing artificial like faux Ugg boots from, I think, Sam's Club. And then I had a pair of leggings on. Over the leggings, I had a pair of jeans. And over the pair of jeans, I had a pair of thick volleyball sweats. For shirts, I was wearing like a t-shirt, a long sleeve shirt, another t-shirt over that. I was wearing a hoodie, and then I think I had my winter jacket on over that. So that was what I was wearing going into the woods as a 14-year-old, and it's springtime, it's the wheat fields, it's just the grass sprouts coming up, but they're a good foot and a half tall, and when we went out there, it was a very moist year, so we were walking through a good five inches of water in some spots, and my little Ugg boots were soaked. So uh, I wanted to get new clothes. I fell in love with turkey hunting and I knew that I wanted to invest in getting hunting clothes. And that's where most of my money has gone for the past, I don't know, I want to say three years or so. It's just recently that I've been able to accumulate a closet that's decent for hunting where I'm not suffering in the elements. But that's where I was. That kind of leads me to my first point. If you want to be a new hunter or if you are a new hunter, you're either wondering or you will wonder if you want to invest in all of the necessary stuff that you need for hunting if you don't even know what it's about. That's just clothing. First, you have to determine what you're going to be hunting. What are you going out to do? Are you just shed hunting? Are you just hiking in normal clothes? Are you turkey hunting? Are you deer hunting? Are you waterfowl hunting? There's so many different types of hunting. So you have to determine what you want because you need different gear for each kind. For turkey hunting, it's only because of my uncle and my dad that had all of the necessary turkey hunting gear. So we used all my uncle's uh, turkey blinds, all of his decoys, all of his calls. And once we fell in love with it, then we moved on to getting our own gear. But it was only because of him, my uncle, that we were able to go out and experience what it was like before buying all of our own stuff. I bet if we went to Sportsman's, Cabela's, Bass Pro, and picked out all of our own turkey hunting gear and went out and did it by ourselves, we would have known nothing about how to do it. It would have been a huge learning experience in many bad ways. And although it was still a learning experience for us, we were able to come home with a bunch of turkeys because we learned from my uncle how to do it. If you can find somebody who can take you out, 
doesn't have to be a guide. You don't have to pay for them to do it. If you have enough money to do that, sure. Otherwise, just become friends with a hunter and just ask to go out hunting with them. I've seen people do that. They'll ask if anyone can teach them how to hunt. And there's always someone that's like, yeah, dude, I'll, I'll teach you. Hunters are typically nice people. Heck, I have noticed so many times when we wake up early to go hunting and you and you always, always, it's just tradition for us to go to the local gas station and get our drinks and snacks for the day. There's always someone that's just like, oh, hey, what are you hunting? And then they have some sort of story about their hunter friend, but they themselves are not a hunter. But just because they have a friend that's a hunter, they feel like they can communicate with you that's a hunter. And it just, it creates this triangle bond that's just so cool because you feel like you know the people just because they know about hunting. So that's just, the camaraderie of this is fantastic. Going back to how you don't want to invest if you don't know what it's about. So I had to go through the struggling with the clothing items to just stay warm. And my dad had to worry about borrowing gear from his brother in order to create this experience for us kids. And it was very successful and we still do borrow gear. There's a lot of borrowing gear, sharing gear, renting gear. If you can find gear that you know how to use or that you know that you want to use, it's in good condition, that's for sale for cheaper, get it. I have turned my birthday and Christmas lists into hunting gear lists. That way I'm actually getting something that I know I'm going to use. And then I'm constantly upgrading things like getting better socks. I swear that is the number one thing for me is just don't use your regular cotton socks or polyester socks. Go get some good smart wool or something and keep your feet warm. A tip for the clothing thing. So if you find kind of a hunting community that you can put yourself in, watch out for people who are getting rid of old gear. I was friends with not a ton of people on Instagram, but some people on Instagram. This was before I started really marketing myself. And Nicole Richards, who's a fantastic hunter, put up on her Instagram story that she was selling a bunch of her gear. And I'd seen other hunters selling their gear as well, but she's about the same size as I am. And I was thrilled to be able to get women's hunting gear that's decent quality and lightly used shape for a huge discount. She was doing a great deal on it. So that's where I, I mean, I'm using used hunting clothes. Some of my stuff isn't used, but I'm okay with using used hunting clothes because it's getting me, it's furthering me. You have to think about your, your ROI, your return of investment is Buying more expensive hunting clothes going to get you somewhere further? Is it going to have a return of investment for you? Sometimes yes, but sometimes no. Maybe it's crappy and it's just expensive. You have to do your research. Read reviews on things. Don't go out and buy a really expensive pair of hiking boots, for example, if they have really crappy reviews because ultimately your return of investment is going to be really poor and your feet are going to hurt. And that's not what buying good shoes is about. You don't want to invest if you don't know what it's about. The theme of today, as mentioned. So Physically, there's a huge physical involvement to hunting and you're always wondering, I mean, maybe not you personally, but I'm always wondering, it's like, do I really want to go elk hunting? I mean, do I physically? Like, do I want to put my body in that physical situation in the outdoors? And so I practice at home. I practice and put myself in similar situations at home and then decide, it's like, can I actually train to do this? Yes or no? And it's always yes, I can always train, I can always work harder to do stuff. An example for that is I looked up the other day, and I mentioned this on my last podcast, there's a traintohunt.com where you can get a free four-week exercise plan sort of deal. And just as 
an end of the month sort of, I mean, it's not at the end of the month yet. So just as a sort of review to let you guys know how that's going for me if you're interested. Um, I think it's almost too complicated for beginners. I think it's more of like a beginner and intermediate. Like it's a blend between those. Because some of the stuff that's on there, it's like if I hadn't worked out before this, I wouldn't have known how to do it. And I've even reduced some of the workouts myself because they're not... I don't know, they're a little bit too complicated. The Sportsman's Expo in Denver this past weekend, I discovered this brand, which you may have heard of before, where it's uh, Fit for the Hunt, and you can visit them at fitforthehunt.com. You can sign up, and they have a ton of free, like, one-week programs, and then if you want to pay monthly, you can upgrade and get access to better and better programs. Those right there, so Chain to Hunt and fitforthehunt.com, are both uh, very good resources for you to, to see if you want to put your body in physical situations like that. If you don't want to do any training guides or anything that's physical in a guide related, you can do just natural stuff. You can go on a walk. I substituted out the 400 yard walk in the train to hunt guide. I substituted that out and I did the math and discovered that transferring the 400 yard walk into stairs is going up and down my stairs 65 times. So I do that every day instead of doing the 400 yard walk just because going up and down 65 sets of stairs is a lot more realistic to climbing mountains than going on a walk in a subdivision is. So just examples like that. You want to replicate what you're going to experience in the field. So you want to lift things, you want to do cardio, you want to run and stop and then hold your arms up and see if you can keep them steady. I have wrist weights and ankle weights that I practice with and I'll hold my arms out, you know, with the wrist weights and build up my wrist and forearm muscles as well. It's little things like that that you can do. So another mention of that is if you have a treadmill, you can do the incline and decline on the treadmill, but you can also put a backpack on, put weights in your backpack if your backpack is strong enough, put rocks in your backpack, books in your backpack, and walk on the treadmill with a heavy backpack and see if you're ready to carry weight out. A lot of times the answer to that is going to be no. I know I still couldn't carry weight out and I still need help carrying anything that I get out of the woods. That's just the truth of things. So figure out if you want to invest in preparing your body physically. If you want to just get out into the outdoors and practice out there, do it. If you want to do, you know, yoga just to get better balance, that's fine. Just doing anything physical. If you're not doing anything physical right now, increase a tiny bit amount of physicalness that you do. Sometimes if I'm just feeling really cabin fevery, I'll just do a bunch of squats and you feel better about yourself. You feel like you can do something in the world. You're strong and you're superwoman. Off the bat of hunting, beginning to hunt, you're not going to be able to perform like professionals. You're not going to be able to perform like the people in the exercise videos do. You're not going to be able to watch a hunting video and go do exactly what they do. I mean, unless you are some crazy human being, good for you. But I know I still couldn't do what the professionals on TV do. There's just so many tiny complicated things to hunting, like uh, holding your gun up properly and not hitting yourself in the face with the scope. On that note, as a new hunter, my first time turkey hunting, it was 
I think the second to last day that we were there and the light was fading. We could hear the turkeys gobbling. They were getting ready to roost. They were working their way behind us. We knew they were there, but we just couldn't see them and they wouldn't come out of the woods. Hunting seasons, typically you have a shooting time and you're allowed to start shooting in half an hour before sunrise and in half an hour after sunset. So you need to look at the weather forecast. You need to see when the sun is rising, when the sun is setting, and you need to time things properly because the minute matters. You shoot it a minute after. Some people may not ever know. Maybe it's only you that will know, but you never know when someone else is going to find out or you accidentally slip and tell someone, oh yeah, I was after daylight. You don't want to hold yourself accountable for that. So be legal, do things right, check the sunrise, the sunset, and do things according to the guidelines. So it's getting dark. We can hear them. We decided that we're gonna go out and just spot and stalk. I had never done that before. The grass where we're hunting is literally my face high because I was probably five foot then. And the grass was above my head and it was just crazy getting lost in there. And we are getting closer to the gobbles, closer to the gobbles, and my heart is pounding. There's this little creek sort of deal. My dad, he's taller than me and my sister, so he hops over and goes and checks out everything. And there is a tom in this tree directly in front of me. It was a ways away from me. I had never shot that far before, but it's across the stream and over in this tree on the other side. It had hopped up there after it saw my dad coming. I saw it go up and I'm like, okay, there it is. The turkey was, they make these kind of balking noises, which is like their alarm to let the other turkeys know what's going on and that they've been spotted and that they're seeing you. And my dad goes over and he checks because he's already on the other side of the stream. He checks and makes sure that it is a tom. He checks and gives me the go ahead. I put my beat up. I had never shot a shotgun before. And this was my uncle's National Turkey Foundation shotgun. So I don't think it had ever been shot. I put the beat up. I'm looking down these open sights on the shotgun. I've got the turkey right there and I fired. The turkey falls from the tree and my dad is, you know, yelling and my sister's next to me and she's yelling. It's almost completely dark. My eyes are blurry and I can't hear what's happening because my ears, they were just ringing so loud from the shot. And embarrassingly enough, I hit my face with the shotgun. So my nose and my eye socket had a nice big under the skin bruise and tender swelling. I'm gonna be honest, I cried. Not for the fact that I hit my face, but I was, I was so overwhelmed and I almost felt bad for taking a life, but I was so overwhelmed with the fact that I was gonna be able to take meat home to my mom and my older sister and that they could be proud of me and that I could show pictures to my other family members and say, yeah, we're eating my turkey and it's provided for us. And I was, I was so overwhelmed with happiness. It wasn't a trophy to me. It was the fact that I, I proved to myself that I could hunt and that I could harvest. So that was, that was an amazing experience for me. But that was me wearing several pairs of socks, Ugg boots, three pairs of pants, and a bunch of sweatshirts crawling around in the forest with a gun. And it was a huge learning experience for me and I've been hooked ever since then. So I absolutely love it. That's why I think turkey hunting is an amazing place to start out hunting because turkeys are goofy, they're ugly, so you're not gonna feel bad when you look at their pretty eyelashes and see that they're dead. I definitely most 100% recommend turkey hunting. We were in a blind, but like I said, we jumped out and we spot and stalked because light was fading and we knew we had to get it done. And we got it done. Be aware that you're not always gonna succeed. And you need to be able to accept the fact that you're not gonna succeed 
and you need to be able to embrace that just going into the woods itself was a blessing and that you are very privileged to be able to be in the wilderness and in the outdoors because a lot of people don't have the opportunity. Never take advantage of it. It's amazing what we're able to do here. If you like the show, leave a review on iTunes, give me a comment on SoundCloud, let me know that you like it, and share it with someone that you think should be a new hunter or someone that you know that is a new hunter that's struggling and they are trying to learn more about the outdoor industry. Just shoot them over to my podcast and let them do some listening. And I'm a new hunter too. I'm nowhere near as experienced as many of the people that I look up to. I'm just someone telling you what me as a new hunter experienced and how you might be able to better prepare yourself than I did. So that is going to do it for today. I will see you guys next time on the Open Sights Podcast. As always, I'm Amanda Rowe. Hit me up on all my social media tags. And uh, yeah, peace out.